thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. To another edition of the Sack City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend, Aaron the Mukesia Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, my boy, everybody's boy, AJ Johnson. It's a beautiful April 18th evening here in the city. Episode 20 is about to be underway. We are previewing AFC South. Today in our draft coverage, we've got so much to talk about with my Jacksonville Jaguars, the number one pick, and so much more. Aaron, are you okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I, I can't tell if we're actually live on YouTube, so I'm just making sure. Because oh. oh. the link that I'm sending was not working. Oh. Okay. Well, All right. Um, okay all right uh, well, well know, aj aj how are you check it out for us you know i'm good uh it's 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 monday i i try to make the most out of mondays because everybody always writes mondays off like they're supposed to be bad because the first day of the week i think that just affects your entire week so i try to make mondays a better type of day enjoy it a little bit more and so far so good you know so far so good it's gonna get better with all this wonderful football we about to talk so uh yeah can't couldn't be happier couldn't be happy i mean i could be happier you know, you always be happier, but I'm happy with how happy I am right now. <laughs> you look happy. You look beautiful. Thanks. You look happy. You Thanks. look fresh. You look ready to go. Uh, yeah. But I think that uh, I'm I'm very excited for this episode. I'm going to pull the curtain back here. I'm going to pull the curtain back. I was not happy with my performance on Friday's show. In terms of my analysis, I felt like I was just overpowered. You guys dominated me in the conversation. Like, you guys own me. You guys have the stats. You guys are ready to go. I felt behind. So today I prepped myself. I was like, okay, I'm getting ready. I, I got this shit rolling. I even sent Aaron extra B-roll for my shit. Dude, I'm, I am ready to talk. Yeah, it gave me more work. Yay. I mean, I did. I really did a lot of the clipping, but, like, I mean, but you did. You you put on your little – you sprinkled it in. You sprinkled the that Aaron Mukes touch, the that Mukesiah touch. But he also really – he did all of your role. So um, <laughs> I, I, I just have a question for you, though. Uh, you were talking about you weren't prepared and you didn't do enough research. You're bringing it today. How is that different than any other day you're on the show? Which part? Bringing it or the part not of you it? being not prepared <laughs> and not bringing it? Because we always well, slap well, you around. Well, so the thing is, and he, so 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 the way it goes, and the way way my mind, my little tiny puny brain thinks the way, of it all. I'm the like, way you know accounts what? work. Yeah, yeah, the way my bank account works, I got checking in the savings. But like, I have like a system in my head where I'm like, you know what? I'm the host. I can be a piece of shit when it comes to stats. People don't like me anyways because I just, I just, I'm just the host. I don't have to have all this knowledge. It's you guys that are really the talent that have to have all the knowledge. But you know, sometimes I like to bring it. And Friday I didn't bring it. Today. 
I will be bringing it just for you two. Just for you. You look don't bring so it for annoyed. Me, <laughs> when you, things don't Aaron, work, I don't think I've ever things, seen you. That you look annoyed with everything. When, when things don't work, it, it's frustrating. And right now, things are not working. Computer, phone, trying to get the the the, the show up. And but we 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 can go on, man. There's so much to talk about. We we can keep we can keep moving. Okay. All right. Well, let's I mean, let's uh, let's dive in. You, I think the link worked for me, so I don't know if. Yeah, yeah, I I, I got it. It's it's okay. it's okay. it it is what it is, man. It it's there. Okay. It's it, it's right. there. It's okay. Good. AFC right. South. It, you know, this show is very indicative of what the AFC South is. Just, <laughs> just on, man. a bunch of just a Come bunch on, of man. trying to figure it out. Nobody knows what they're doing. That's what today's show is all about. You know who knows <laughs> what they're doing? You know who knows what they're doing? The Cleveland Browns, they know what they're doing by locking up Denzel Ward for five years at $100.5 million, making him the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. He passes Jalen Ramsey. He passes Xavier Howard. This man now is the highest paid corner in the NFL, two-time pro bowler, number four overall pick for the Cleveland Browns. He is he's special, man. He is special. You know what I liked about this deal the most is we didn't hear about it. There was no Denzel Ward holding out for for money. There was no there was no drama attached to this to this deal. It was just okay out of nowhere. Denzel Ward, highest paid cornerback in the NFL. There was no nonsense with it. Xavier Howard, his came with nonsense. Jalen Ramsey, his came with nonsense. Denzel Ward did not come with any shenanigans. You should be ashamed. You came in this what? show talking about how you were researched, prepared to bring it, and that's what you open with? It's not even so much about what you said about the Denzel Ward, no nonsense, but the way Xavier Howard went about his business was actually quite professional. Yeah, he spoke up. Tired of players just sitting back and not speaking their mind, and he did it very respectfully. Stated, stated facts, stated that he had a conversation. He didn't say, I'm holding out. He didn't say, I'm not going to play for you. He didn't say, this is BS. He he was very professional about it. Jalen Ramsey was tired of being on a trash team for a trash it, coach who didn't respect players or people as they were in that organization. See, see now you're, you're trying to spin what I said into, into something wrong here. I didn't say that it was all bad shenanigans. There were just a nonsense. lot of shenanigans. There were just a lot of nonsense. shenanigans. There's not a lot, lot of nonsense good nonsense and shenanigans. I, I live my life in nonsense. It doesn't mean it's terrible nonsense all the time. It's not bad nonsense. Sometimes nonsense can be good. I just felt like this situation, there was nothing attached to Denzel Ward. I didn't even know what was like. It came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, that, that, that's cool. Like that, that's cool. But, but it, it happened. And then let, let's, it yeah, other than seem. so, so I, it, the way you said it though makes it seem like you were blaming those other players. Why not just give some credit to the Cleveland organization for saying we have a guy who's getting ready to go into a, his final year of his contract with the fifth year option and say, you know what? This guy's one of the best corners in football. We're going to pay you. And you know what we're going to pay you as the top corner in football. Why? Because we believe you're one of the top corners in football and you have next up. I don't think this is a this should be an indictment on how Jalen Ramsey got paid or how Xavier Howard got paid. Okay. The fact of the matter is <laughs> they got paid because those organizations okay. were playing games. And this, Cleveland is not, is this not. has not gone the way I wanted it to go. This is not <laughs> gone the way I wanted it to go. You should have done okay? more research and you shouldn't have brought no. that up. 
what I said was Smack fair. Him what around. I said was fair. There was no, no, there was no shenanigans attached to this. Whether it be good shenanigans, bad shenanigans, there was nothing attached to this Denzel Ward well, thing. What I did not see any reports to do with, about Denzel Ward the past two months about a contract. What extension. does that have to do with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard? Why do you bring those guys up? It was just what, what a are, note. It was just you can't fun, come in here slamming the top corners in football. And then try to play it off like you weren't because you did. You were throwing those guys under the bus. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is this should be not, praise to I Denzel love, Ward. I love and Jalen Ramsey. Cleveland. I love Jalen Ramsey. I enjoy <laughs> Xavier Howard's work. But I just wanted to note that there was no talk of Denzel Ward's contract extension until today in my eyes. So let's let, let's that's, let's that's how okay, wait, wait, no, that's how most contracts are done. Time out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so why do you bring it up? Why do you bring up these outliers? I'm not. I'm done. I'm done bringing it up. Let's move on here. Denzel Ward got paid. Is he the best cornerback in the NFL? Did he deserve all that money? What were your thoughts on the actual deal itself that Denzel Ward got by the Cleveland Browns? Aaron, I'll start with you. Thank you for the triple barreled question. I'll answer in order so we Loaded. can get all Absolutely. the answers. Absolutely. Um, Loaded. Is he triple the best barrel. corner in football? No, he's not the best corner in football. Did he deserve the money he got paid? Yes, because that's the market the NFL pays. If you're the next guy and you're one of the top elite corners, you're going to get the most money. I'm perfectly okay with the deal. Um, and the impact on this is it just goes to show a cornerstone of what Cleveland is now doing. Building offensive line, building quarterback, building edge rusher. Obviously, you have that in, in Miles Garrett, and now you have somebody on the outside to lock it down. We talk about the top positions in the NFL that are being paid. It's the offensive tackle. It's the quarterback. It's the receiver. And it's a DB. And that's what the Cleveland Browns are doing here. Um, they, you know, they, they went and got an Amari Cooper. And now they've locked up one of the better corners in football. Good for Cleveland. This is all the crap that I talked about Cleveland last year. This is it. This is the, this is the move. I told you it was what they were one thing away. And that was Baker Mayfield was their quarterback and that he would hold them back. Deshaun Watson on the football field makes the Cleveland Browns a Super Bowl contender. And I, I'm, I'm okay saying that. Hopefully he gets to play the entire season um, after they work out the you know suspension stuff or whatever. But as of right now, if, if Deshaun Watson's healthy, under center for the Cleveland Browns, they are a Super Bowl threat. The stench is slowly starting to go away for Cleveland. Yeah, that's another backhand comment to the Cleveland Browns here. Uh, the other story that we're going to be covering tonight there seems to be a lot of chatter around the NFL about these big name wide receivers who are, are looking for deals, not showing up to the off season workouts, big names like AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, all looking for new deals. And there are reports saying that they will not be showing up to the voluntary workouts and maybe not even the off season, the training camp, all that stuff leading into the season. AJ, I'll start with you here, sir. What are your thoughts on these guys holding out? Are you are you on team holdout? Or are you on team show up and practice? Uh, for now, I'm okay with the holdout. We're talking OTAs. It's not too big of a deal for me. This is those moments where you do let your feelings be heard. You know, let all that nonsense be out there in the open. Uh, you know, start talking to me when we get closer to mini uh, training camps and and uh, workouts like that closer to the season. If these guys are still making noise and saying they don't want to play, then we have an issue. But you know, this early before the draft, I mean, Debo Samuel, I mean, yeah, it's been three months or whatever, but still like just got done in the playoff in the playoffs. Uh, AJ Brown had the injury last season. 
Uh, Terry McLaurin, he's going to show up. He's not going to participate. That's a great way to go about it in my mind as one of the leaders on that team. But it's too early for me to really read too much into it. It's them letting their feelings be known with the organization and see if anything comes of it. We get into uh, mandatory workouts and they're not there. We could have a larger conversation on my part. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And Aaron, I messaged you about this earlier today, asking if this really belonged in the top stories. And I, I felt like it did, but your response, and I'm, I'm just going to roll into this. Your response was, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, and you're, you're right. It should not matter, but this is what's happening. Now people are blaming these wide receivers and calling them bad teammates, divas and things like that. This, this quote from AJ Brown says, quote, I am, I'm a diva and a bad teammate all of a sudden, LOL. Okay. Do what I have to do then. And so will I, this is happening. People are being mad or getting mad at these wide receivers for wanting just to get paid what they deserve. And I, I feel like that's why I needed to bring this up because like what you AJ said, it's not that big of a deal that they're, that they're missing these workouts right now because they, they don't want to get hurt. They get hurt in, in voluntary workouts. It's we've seen it happen many of times before a torn ACL, even in, in light work, it's possible. And then they lose all of that money. So why force these players to go to these workouts and risk their injury when they have big money uh, on their horizon? That's that's where I'm at with this, Aaron. Um, it's not that they're being forced. Let's be honest. Most of the complaints, most of the people that are talking are fans. Fans don't want to hear multimillionaire receivers complain about wanting a new deal. As sad as it sounds, uh, regular people, you and I, we most of us don't understand what it is that they are risking. You mentioned losing a, a ton of money. No matter how you want to slice it, if A.J. Brown goes out tomorrow and tears his ACL, you don't think Tennessee would use that in a, in a negotiating tactic against him? Like, well, we're not sure how you can come back. Uh, we're not sure if you're going to be back in time for the season. We're not going to give you as much money. If you don't think that would happen, then you're naive to the NFL business. These guys have performed it through their first three years in the league as top high-level receivers, right? We're talking about Debo Samuel, who coming off a career year, A.J. Brown, who's had three really good seasons for Tennessee, and Terry McLaurin, who's been uh, basically the model of what you want from a wide receiver. And now they're saying, hey, we are underpriced. We Right now, because we've outperformed our rookie deals, we deserve to get paid. There is nothing wrong with that. The reason I don't care is, is not because I don't think it's important to be there during off-season workouts, because it is. Report with your quarterback, things like that, especially for a guy like Terry McLaurin, who has a new quarterback coming in, right? A Carson Wentz who struggled. Um, Debo Samuel, who now you're going to see Trey Lance coming in, trying to build that rapport. It's important to be there. But is it more important than sacrificing your career? I don't think so. I think you have time to get there. Um, I think right now, I think the only one in jeopardy of really not getting a deal is Debo. And it's yeah. because of the way I think he sees himself um, as a value to that team and what they've required him to do. A.J. Brown in Tennessee will work something out. Terry McLaurin has been great for Washington. They'll work something out. Debo Samuel, I'm worried that this may linger. I'm not saying it's not going to get done, but this is something that might linger late into the offseason. Um, if they don't decide to say, you know what, we're not going to pay you, and maybe they move on from them. But uh, I I'm not too concerned at this point. Maybe something happens during the draft that you see, especially if you see a team like the 49ers go out and draft a wide receiver. Then you start thinking, maybe they're not as sold on Debo, and maybe they don't want to pay him because they, they got Brandon Ayuk there. Um, and if they go and draft one, then maybe it's not as important to them. So uh, the draft will tell a lot more, but I don't think it's a huge deal right now. 
I can see it now. San Francisco 49ers fans losing their mind. The San Francisco 49ers selected a wide receiver in the seventh round, and they're losing their <laughs> mind that Debo Samuel <laughs> is going to be replaced. Now, I, I, I get well, that, that'll happen. That'll happen. That, that Somebody will. will do that. It will. It, it, it will. We are – we as uh, as fans – like we're, we have, we have stepped our game up to be trying to be more than just fans, but there's those people who are still on just that fan level that can't set aside what what's actually happening and what they are wanting and what they're believing in is happening as the fan and, and their emotions are tied to it. As someone who is very emotional to things, I know that you can get attached and get pretty upset, uh, but that does it for our top stories. We're going to be talking about AJ's AJ Brown's Tennessee Titans in just a, f- a few moments, but AJ Johnson has a few words for our fans at home who might not know where they can follow us at. Well, I think I know where you can follow us. Um, yes. All right. I knew you were going to help me out. I was all by myself there. Uh, Sac City Pod. That's what it's called. On Facebook. On Twitter. On Instagram. On TikTok. TikTok. I did it again. It's just a TikTok. You know how to go pop a breath, man. We get in there start chuckling with the TikToks of Sac City Pod. And, of course, right here on YouTube where you've already found us and already love us. Head over there. Hit those likes. Hit those shares. And please stay with the Sac City Pod all through the draft coverage. And of course, in just a few weeks, we are going to be, or not just a few weeks, 10 days away. We are 10 days away from the NFL draft, and we want you to be a part of our coverage with our Your Team, Your Pick videos. All you got to do is shoot yourself, shoot yourself filming a one-minute video telling us your team, your pick, and why for this upcoming NFL draft. If your team has a first-round pick or if your team has a second or third, whatever pick you want to bring up, Tell us who your team is and why your team should be picking that player. Uh, The deadline for that is next Tuesday. It's not this coming Tuesday, but next Tuesday, April 26th is the final day that we will be accepting submissions. You can submit your videos to our email at SacCityPod at gmail.com or on all of our socials that AJ just beautifully read at SacCityPod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please submit your videos to be a part of our massive draft celebration. Gentlemen, let's get into our draft coverage of the AFC South. If you are new to this, if you are new to watching us or new to listening to us, this is where we are going to be diving into the four teams of the AFC South and breaking down who these teams must draft, whether it be the first round, second round. We go deep. Sometimes we even go fourth or fifth round. We tell you who your teams have to draft, and then they're beautifully clipped for your viewing pleasures on YouTube. So please check those out. We are starting off with the Tennessee Titans. Their needs look like this. Offensive line, wide receiver, linebacker. They've got the 26th pick in the first round, then pick at 90, and then 131, and so on and so forth. Aaron, we'll start off with you, buddy. Who do the Tennessee Titans need to draft? Yeah, you know, uh, lately I've been hearing a lot as a dark horse that the Tennessee Titans might be looking at quarterback in the first round. And again, don't get me wrong. I'm not, we talk about Ryan Tannehill at nauseam. We know we're not huge fans of his, but I don't know that that's the move for a team that just won the AFC that thinks they're on the cusp of being a contender. And you get Derek, you got Derek Henry, who's aging. I don't know that the quarterback is the way to go. I think that you are trying to win now. And in order to win now, there's some more important needs. And I think that starts with the offensive line. 
And uh, I'm going with pick 26 in round one, Trevor Penning. Talking about a guy who Trevor Penning is just a big offensive. Uh, oh, that's loud. Offensive lineman. He's light on his fleas, fluid. He can really move well in space. He's the prototypical offensive lineman. Um, he has some negatives there, but in the first round, I think you're talking late. He's probably going to be the fourth, fifth offensive lineman off the board. Um, he started at left tackle, but I do think you can move him inside. And it's just a matter of what Tennessee needs, right? They are a run first football team, relies heavily on the play action. This is a guy that can fit in nicely there. Uh, he started three years. I think this is a guy that Tennessee goes after, beefs up that offensive line after losing some pieces and continues to build around Derrick Henry and that play action game in Tennessee. Um, I know they need a weapon on the outside, but we mentioned this is a deep wide receiver draft class. I think they can get one later that might have an impact. So I went offensive line in the first round for the Tennessee Titans. See, I love where you started off. I didn't like the way you finished, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But I love the way you started off by bringing up the quarterback because I was looking through, and I was like, I like to scour through, like, the Twitterverse and see what what Titans fans are saying that they want and see how it matches up with what I say they want. And I did see some people out there talking about whether or not the Titans should have dra- should draft a quarterback at some point in this draft, and maybe later on, sure. But I don't think you invest anywhere higher than a fourth-round pick on a quarterback in this draft, because like you said, this team is, is, is right there or supposedly right there. And to compete, compete in the AFC, you have to continue building. You have to continue making yourself more dangerous. And if you, I don't want to say waste a pick on a quarterback, but if you use a pick on a quarterback, you are saying, okay, we're focused on the future rather than trying to compete in this very, very difficult AFC. You said to pick an offensive lineman and I'm, I'm okay with that but they need to compete. They need to compete. And what did everyone else do in the AFC? They went out and got weapons. And that's what the Tennessee Titans need to do with their first pick in the first round. They need to go out and get this man right here. Jahan Dotson. We've been talking about him so much as of late when we're with our wide receiver uh, ranking show on Friday. If you missed that, it's up on YouTube right now. Jahan Dotson is easily a top five receiver in this draft. The more I scout him, the more I look at him, he is climbing to arguably the third second best wide receiver to me he is he was one of the best wide receivers one of the best offensive players that Penn State has seen in the past four or five years and even if you look back at this if you look back at Penn State all the way dating back to 2014 you know the wide receivers and offensive players they've had they've had Chris Godwin great NFL player Pat Fryermuth, the Muth is loose kind of guy uh, they had A-Rob, Saquon Barkley, lots of offensive talented players coming out of Penn State. Jahan Dotson was the highest rated PFF guy, offensive player from Penn State since 2014. So with all the talented players that at Penn State has had, it's special what Jahan Dotson has did, has done, did, done, did uh, at Penn State. And he's going to be a special player in the NFL. I was trying to find something more than what we've talked about with Jahan Dotson because we love him on this show. Yeah. You want to know why we love him on this show? Because ball is light. Number one job is, as a wide receiver as I am is to catch the football. Uh, and I, I take tremendous pride in that. Um, many of my peers know this, but I carry a football everywhere with me. Uh, whether I'm going to the hotel, um, at the airport, I carry it everywhere with me. Uh, that, that kind of started at a very young age. Um, just I was never big into toys. Uh, I was, it was always either football, basketball, or something like that. So uh, just carrying football, I got a feel for it. I got a good feel for it. And uh, just glad that I can make a lot of plays. 
Very nice. Very nice. Football is live. <laughs> the, the, no uh, oh, lasso. go ahead. <laughs> yes. The, the only thing, the only thing that I, I keep, I mean, I keep hearing people say they need to go out and get a wide receiver and I'm not saying they don't, but we do have to remember they addressed that position in the off season. They brought in Robert Woods. They have AJ Brown. They, as much as I know that people are going to laugh at this, but Nick Westbrook Aquino came on last year and that's their third. They signed Austin Hooper. Who's a, a, a tight end. So they went and got weapons. I think you can ask the Bengals this. Um, if you cannot protect your quarterback, it doesn't matter who you have on the outside. They, I mean, they, they went far, but at the end of the day, you need people to protect Ryan Tannehill, especially in that play-action game, and it does no good if they can't run the football, which with Derrick Henry, then it takes away what Ryan Tannehill actually can succeed at. Um, I like the wide receiver pick. I just don't think I would use a first-rounder for it. I think I could find a guy later who's not going to be your number one because I do believe Jahan Dotson can be a number one somewhere. I, I don't think he's going to come in there and overtake A.J. Brown um, as a number one guy, and he might get pushed down on that depth chart and take some time to develop just because of the fact that they do have two veterans there. You know what You know what I like about Jahan Dotson here, and especially for the Tennessee Titans, is – I think he could fill in that slot role and you could see him take over like a, I, I, I'm obviously not going to compare him to a Cooper cup, but Jahan Dotson could play in the slot and give you that next level weaponry weaponry that, that you need, especially in an AFC where you are going to have to score points and you cannot just rely on Derrick Henry. And obviously Robert Woods is going to be helpful but if, even if you slide in Jahan Dotson in the slot, he is going to be game-changing for a Tennessee Titans offense. Jahan Dotson I, is going go to be game-changing. I got you. I'll hold you down. No, I, just wanted down. To, I just wanted to say <laughs> one thing, and you can go. Uh, I do believe Tennessee ran more two wide receiver, receiver sets than anybody in the NFL last year. I worry about that. Okay. That's fair. Did they, uh, did they keep their O.C.? They, that I don't know. I, I I do believe he's still there. I feel like yeah, I, I feel like there. I don't remember hearing a change or anything. Um, even if like John Dotson is going to come in and be a slot guy just about anywhere he goes until maybe year three or so in the league, uh, maybe year two. Who knows how fast he's going to develop when it comes to the NFL ranks? Uh, but you mentioned him playing in the slot, and I feel like Robert Woods might take that role over. Um, and I agree with Aaron on the basis that I don't think you should spend a first round pick on a wide receiver if you're Tennessee, because they do need to get that line a little bit better. Um, but I do also agree that they should be attacking a wide receiver. I like Nick Westbrook. I don't know if he is a solid all-season number three. He may be a good guy to bring in in certain packages and use them there. So I went with the wide receiver, and I went down to the third round, pick 90, and I'm going to go with Romeo Dubs out of Nevada. So it took me a minute to really – feel how I felt about this guy. And after watching him for a bit, I, I like what he can do. I mean, he's a big guy, 6'2", 200 pounds, but he's strong and he's physical. He's that type of receiver that likes the contact. He likes catching through contact. He's not like a top speed guy, but he's got great acceleration. So if you let him buy you in those first five yards, you're not catching him and he will beat you over the top. He's got excellent footwork near the sidelines. He knows how to get those third and must have catches. Um, and as you've seen on this clip, Deep ball, deep ball, deep ball. He's found a way to go and get it. Uh, Bolitnikov candidate two years in a row, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. This guy had 19 catches, 203 yards against you know Fresno State. But I said 19 catches. Like, that's a feat. I don't care who it's against. With 
with Robert Woods being there, when he gets healthy to be that speedster guy, to be that gadget guy, I think having a guy like Romeo Dubs to eventually become that solid number two, and if he was to pack on another 20, 25 pounds, as far as size goes, you have some problems on the outside with an A.J. Brown in a 6'2", 225 Romeo Dubs who invites contacts in a one-on-one. So I like this pick about three yard, uh, three rounds in. And, you know, if he doesn't work out, that's something you put it, you you package later on in a deal if you must. But maybe Romeo can get them some dubs. Big dubs. Hey. Big, dubs needed. <laughs> Big dubs needed for Tennessee. I like I like that pick too. And I do like that strategy of of getting your wide receiver in the middle rounds. And I think I, I think Aaron, you have gone back on that statement that you said a couple weeks ago where there is that drop-off. Sure, there is a drop-off between like the top five, maybe ten guys, but I, I still think if you're Tennessee, you can definitely get uh, a solid wide receiver in round three. Either way, if you're the Tennessee Titans, you need to be getting these impact players that can come in and help you compete in a vicious AFC. Okay. I just I just want to make sure Aaron was good. I didn't know if I didn't know yep. if Aaron had some slap back or anything or anything like that. So no, I like I like the Romeo Dubs pick. Um, and, and round three, four, that's about where he'd be going. Um, who knows where he'll go in my mock draft? <laughs> as, you know, I, I haven't got there. I'm only through the first two rounds, so we'll see. We're, we're, we're only if, one uh, week away from Aaron's seven round mock draft. Seven Sunday, rounds. Sunday, Sunday will be the first division release, and then uh, go from there. Be madness. If, let's, uh, let's... if the Tennessee Titans are looking for a quarterback later in those rounds, I don't know how far Carson Strong drops, but that's my dude. He might be a solid backup, man. That that's my he, dude. He I I was guy. torn between. I'm and I'm not saying Carson Strong is like a phenomenal pick. He's definitely got some problems. He's very he's not very mobile. Um, but he's he's got a, he's got a great arm. I think you can develop him later on. But again, I I I went back and forth on the Carson Strong Tennessee one. I was like, do I do it? And I'm like, no. Tennessee needs needs to step up here, and they need to not focus on the quarterback and. Can I yeah. give a uh, can I give a, a teaser? Yeah. If, if I may, uh, I I do I do have the Tennessee Titans taking a quarterback in this draft, and um, I don't know if we mentioned him here, but I do have one going to Tennessee this draft. Ooh, Ooh. all right, all right. See, sneak preview. Let uh, you guys have to. Tune into our social media next week for Aaron's seven-round mock draft. It's going to be special. Radishes, baby wipes, vinyl records, you name it. At Walmart, you can save on almost anything. Now you can save more time by making cash deposits and withdrawals right at checkout. $3.74 service fee and limits apply. Green dot NMLS number 914924 and 908739. Tired of dealing with the same old lumpy mattress and pillows? Catch some sleep and save on Z's. With Casper's Memorial Day Sale, you can save up to $800 on any of our award-winning mattresses. It's a summer dream come true. That's right, you can get up to $800 off Casper's amazing mattresses, like the Wave Hybrid Snow Mattress. For more info, go to casper.com or a store near you. This sale ends June 7th, so hurry over soon. Exclusions apply. See casper.com slash promo for more info. Let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Their needs look like this. They need an edge. They definitely need a wide receiver. They need a tackle. They've got picks 42, 73, and so on and so forth. They gave up a lot of picks for, for Carson Wentz. They tried to get some back in uh, in trading him off to the Washington Commanders. Uh, let's start off with who, who we got here. Let's, let's start off with you, AJ. I, I'm very excited 
to hear your your conversation about this certain player. Who do the Indianapolis Colts need to go after? Listen, you know, I'm going to just be transparent. We did the top 10 wide receivers on Friday, and I came into that episode telling y'all how much fun I had scouting these wide receivers. There were some players on that list I didn't get to put on. 10 was harder than we thought. This is a deeper wide receiver class than we originally gave credit for. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into one of those picks that just didn't make the cut but has been skying up the draft boards. Mr. Skymore from Western Michigan. I think this would be a beautiful, beautiful pick for the Colts. They've already got size as a pass catcher with Michael Pittman and Gargantuan. The burners on, he's normally leaving somebody behind. Uh, he's small for the position, but he sees that what he needs to do because he emb- he embraces the fact that he's small. So he doesn't mind fighting through contact. He doesn't mean being he doesn't mind being a little physical. Uh, and we talked about production on this. So his first year, he's he was all Mac first team his true freshman year. He was a team tying 51 receptions for 802 yards. Fast forward to his senior year where he had 95 receptions, 1,292 yards, and 10 touchdowns, all-team first Mac again. I think this guy is going to be solid. I think he fits a role for uh, Matt Ryan who needs that kind of gadget guy anyways, that kind of go over quickly against the middle or burn deep like the Russell Gages and the Taylor Gabriels of the world. Uh, I think that this pick fits in really well for the Colts, and it would give Matt Ryan another weapon. And where you're getting him in round two, I mean, maybe your first pick off the board. But we've been saying long, long ago that they need to get some more weapons. Why not start here with Sky Moore? You and Sky Moore. You know what? I was going to go next, but I wanted, I, I do, I'd come back to this. I got to, I, <laughs> I was going to just roll into it, but there's no way I can roll into it with. Sky more the WNBA. Is this star. the is this the NFL draft or the NBA WNBA draft? I, I'm I wasn't sure. Listen, <laughs> man, athletes. Listen, uh, athletes. No, no disrespect to Sky Moore, but he's just too small. He's just too little. He is. He's just. I don't like him at the Colts number one because I think he's going to do what they want Paris Campbell to do, which is be this stretch the field guy. He looks like a little running back pay, playing the position. I think you can just play Naheem Hines the way you would play Sky Moore in that offense. Um, I, I really don't love what I see from him at the NFL level. I think he's going to get. It's going to be too physical for him. And I think the fact of the matter is, is he's going to struggle with injuries. And I don't think the Colts want to take another risk on a high draft pick on a guy that could struggle with injuries. And I know that's not an excuse excuse not to draft a small guy but when teams have been burned by a certain type of player in the past i see they tend to shy away from it um again he might turn out to be a nice little slot player but i think he's limited to that slot role because of his size i don't see him winning on the outside enough i think he needs to go to a team where that can develop him, that can come in and play with a quarterback that is elite and be that be that similar style to Randall Cobb, not quite as, as physical as Randall Cobb was coming out of college, but um, yeah, something like that. I, think, I, just, I think I might have, or he, or, or he just goes plays in the WNBA. I'll just say, know. I'll just say, I'll just say three names real quick. Wes Welker, Danny Woodhead, Julian Edelman, all small Danny Woodhead. and quite successful players. Yeah. All played with Tom Brady. I mean, by the time Woodhead played with Brady, he had already made a name for himself. Don't give me that. And Wes Welker did it in Denver, too. Hey, Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead I remember watching did, I with the Chargers and the Raiders. 
I love watching Danny yeah. Woodhead with the Jets, but he ain't. He was. Well, I think I might Stop. have your guy, Aaron. You said something here. You were like, they've been burned too many times with drafting these types of receivers. I think I might have your guy because the last time the Indianapolis Colts drafted a wide receiver out of the Sun Belt Conference, it was a guy by the name of T.Y. Hilton. And with their pick in round two, I have them going with another Sun Belt wide receiver in my guy, Jalen Tolbert. Out of South Alabama, this guy, he's he's got some talent, man. We talked about how we had our uh, episode on Friday ranking the top 10 wide receivers. This is the guy that slotted in right at number 10 for me. You talk about South Alabama. You're like, oh, who does he play? He doesn't play anybody. South Alabama played an SEC team, the Tennessee Volunteers, in their bowl game last year. He had Jalen Tolbert had was seven for 143 and a big time touchdown against Tennessee. This dude is consistent. He had back to back 1K seasons. He is a big play machine. And what's funny about him is it's not about speed. He's not a big time burner. And I found that really interesting to see all the scouting reports talking about how he's a big play machine but he's not doing it with with his jets. So it's very interesting to me. And you talk about a guy who is a former two-star recruit. He's been battling adversity. There's one thing that I love about, about Jalen Tolbert here is this play right here against Tennessee in this game. It's a bad drop, a really bad drop. And you're probably wondering, why the hell are you showing me a drop and telling me that they need to pick this clown that's dropping balls? Well, the next pass that went Jalen Tolbert's way was this right here against a SEC team here playing bump and run coverage, even a pass interference call. All Jersey was grabbed on this, a one-handed catch. This guy is just spits in the face of adversity and keeps on rolling. The Indianapolis Colts need to go after Jalen Tolbert in the second round. Didn't they just have Zach Pascal? Uh, <laughs> Vinny's so proud of himself right now. Damn right. Damn skippy. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny is super proud of himself. I'm not going to come and bash you because I actually think he's a really good pro pos- prospect and he's put up really good numbers. Um, he's very athletic. You talked about that and he does have the good size um, and he's not slow. Like you mentioned, he doesn't have that burst that, yeah, he doesn't have that stretch to fill over the top speed, but he has good speed and he can jump and win 50, 50 balls. Um, can still work on some route running. And obviously the drops are an issue because he does lack the concentration, but I do think that can be fixed. Um, But I I do think he can develop into a starting caliber wide receiver. The real question comes in is when do you then want to start drafting him? Do you think that the second round is too early? I do. I think that because they're, they're what 12 in the second round or even maybe like pick 10 in the second round. I think that's a, bit early for him to go off the board. I'm looking more around the third round for him or even the late second. Uh, But again, if you think that you're looking for this, a good wide receiver prospect and you don't feel like there's anybody that's going to fall to you in the third round and that's the next guy up, then you might have to reach there. Or if you're in Indianapolis, which is very possible, they might trade back into the first round to get one of the top five receivers. Uh, But again, um, if you're sitting in this spot, I think this is I think this is a, a decent pick, but um, I don't know if I take him this early. You think he fall? You think he could fall to pick? Uh, what are they? So they they're at seventy three. So you think that that's that's too that's too far? <laughs> that that's going to be the tough spot, right? It's because they don't have a pick for a while. Um, is it possible? Yeah, you never know with guys out of small schools. People do get shy away from them at times, but I think he has a size and speed to be drafted. Uh, but you're still looking at guys like Mechie ahead of him, possibly Calvin Austin, yeah. maybe David Bell. Um, 
but again, you don't know, right? <laughs> you never know where these teams have him. I think if you really like him there, you might have to reach for him. But if you're going to reach there for a guy like that, I'm of the mindset, just trade up and get somebody in the first round if you're the Colts. And then you have that fifth-year option for him. You have a bunch of cap space anyways. Um, you don't have a lot of holes on your team after adding Stephon Gilmore. The other hole I'm going to talk about here in a minute. So, talk about I think it. after like Traylon Burks, oh. I think after like Traylon Burks, it kind of becomes a shuffle with these guys, you know, Mechie, Bell, uh, Austin, I, like it, it, picking one of them, it, it just kind of looks on what you're hoping to get or what you need to fill. And I know that's the point of the draft, but when it comes to the receiver, are you looking for the big physical downfield guy? Are you looking for the guy who's quick out of the burst and can get you all the slants to grab that quick first down? At that point in time, that's where you really decide. Because these guys, to me, they kind of can rotate. You know, if I'm happy if I get a Mechie. I'm happy if I get a Tolbert. Calvin Austin, I feel like, is a very specific player. and You have to be looking for that type of basically gadget, jet sweep, wannabe type of guy when it comes to Calvin Austin. I, I, feel, like, I feel like he might be another trap out of Memphis, but I haven't looked at him enough uh, to really go all in on that thought process. Hey. Hey, y'all know y'all know how I feel about John Mechie, okay? So I, I, I wasn't yeah, going to – I do I'm agree with gonna... AJ in the fact that they do have uh, Michael Pittman, who's already that bigger framed, not blazing speed receiver. Um, that they probably do want to add a little bit more speed on the outside of somebody that can stay consistent. I don't know if, you know, a guy like Jalen Tolbert fits what fits that style, but um, you know, being fast on offense matters, especially in an indoor team like the Indianapolis Colts with Jonathan Taylor and a run first team. They might, somebody want, might want somebody that can blow the top off um, and actually stay on the field while doing it. So that might be a different type of player. Maybe it is a, Maybe they do take the chance on a, a Sky Moore there again. Um, I think they're going elsewhere again. I think they'll they'll wait on the wide receiver. Um, just just a hunch. And my guy, uh, I don't know. I'm boring. I, I like offensive <laughs> linemen, but I think it's important. You're talking about a team that just went and traded for a quarterback who's as old as I don't know my my grandfather. Um, he's got his AARP card. He can't move very well. And, and so I think I think they have to get somebody that actually you know fits. Uh, with what they're trying to do. And that's a tackle for me. And it's Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith, a tackle from Tulsa. Um, again, this is just about run, run blocking and pass blocking block for Jonathan Taylor, protect Matt Ryan. I think that's the way the Indianapolis Colts want to play football. And I think it's important that they go fill the void of losing the offensive lineman that they lost. They lost Mark Lewinsky. They've lost a couple of other guys and they need to rebuild what was once the best offensive line in football. Right? So, um, if they can't do that, then Matt Ryan's going to have a hard time staying upright and getting the ball to those outside weapons. I think here getting a Tyler Smith who's physical, whose uh, ability to play multiple positions against somebody that's versatile um, will fit into that offense. And you don't, you're not asking him to be the best offensive lineman on your team, right? Because you already got a guy in Quentin Nelson to do that. This is a guy that can come in, learn from those veterans, and, and fill a need there in Indianapolis. And I think um, with the additions they made on defense, get some offensive line help. Um, find some other ways to address skill position, and I think Indianapolis will be right where they want to be. I I, li- yeah. I like Tyler Smith. Uh, we I mentioned him earlier on in in one of our episodes. He's he's just solid in my opinion. Like when I when I watch him and when I read about him and everything, it's just it's just solid. It's consistent. It's solid. And and, and that you're right. The the protection for uh, Matty Ice, Matty Frozen Ice in the ground. Uh, <laughs> it's got you got to protect him, and then you also have to get those holes open for. Uh, for Jonathan Taylor. So it's, I like that pick. I do. I do. And I'm, I am, I'm growing fonder and fonder of, of Tyler Smith. So wouldn't be upset if he uh, goes higher. Let's move on. 
to and you know, Aaron, you put you put this wrong in our in in the doc. It's actually the Houston Texans are next because the Jacksonville Jaguars finished last in the oh, AFC I, South I, somehow, I some way, finished below the Houston Texans. So next up is the third place Houston Texans with the edge rushers, safeties, and tackles. They they need it all. They really <laughs> they yeah, just I just couldn't fit it all in there. I, I was honestly considering just changing this to everything. But I didn't. They have the third pick, the 13th pick, the 37th pick. They got quite the haul for Deshaun Watson. Those picks, uh, they're they're ready to rebuild. They are ready to rebuild. AJ, we will start with you, sir. Well, actually, yeah, I want to start. Your pick is is very interesting. Very interesting to me. Go ahead. Hmm, Okay. Um, (laughs) I don't think it's uh, that interesting uh, in the way of, like, it makes sense when you think about who – the Houston Texans now have as their head coach being Mr. Lovey Smith. And uh, one of the things he talks about uh, when speaking on his philosophy and how he plans on bringing the Houston Texans back to prominence (laughs) uh, is a great balanced offense and started that balanced offense by running the ball. So what better way to do that than getting a stud like Mr. Brees Beast Hall. The junior out of Iowa State, this guy was fantastic. Ran a 4-3-40 dash at the combine. Comes from great NFL stock. His uh his cousin's Roger Craig from the San Francisco 49ers back in the 80s teams, winning those championships and whatnot. This guy's really he's got really good vision and he loves his creativity. He gets out of some of the tight spots by finding a different route to go that most running backs wouldn't see or would just accept the contact. He's a juke style guy. I call him a spin cycle, a washing machine, likes to turn it around. Uh, quick with the cuts. His cuts are in rhythm, so he doesn't lose speed. Uh, he's an end zone monger, set an FBS uh, record for 24 straight games with a rushing touchdown. Decent enough in the past game. Uh, 36 catches last year, 302 yards and three scores. Uh, and I'm sure he can improve on that. So, you know, we, we can talk about the David Johnsons. We can talk about them just getting Marlon Mack. But we know we, we don't know what Marlon Mack is. We haven't seen him in two, three years at this point, in my opinion. If I can remember correctly, I can't because it's been that long. So go ahead and get yourself a stud coming out of college. He's ready to go. You might be a little concerned. He, ha- he did have 800 carries. Uh, over his three years or 800 touches over his three years at Iowa State. Um, but he looks like the type of back that can carry the volume. Uh, Brees Hall is going to be really good in this NFL for a solid amount of years. So why don't you get the first half of them and see what happens after that? I, I, I like Brees Hall. I, I, I do a lot. My The reason why I said it was it was a more interesting pick is, well, they did go out, and obviously Marlon Mack is not your solution to any type of problem. And neither is Rex Burkhead, unless you're playing him in that one week fantasy right. matchup where he ends up popping <laughs> off for 34 points and screws have screws over everybody. But the reason, the, the reason why I brought up that it was interesting was it was a running back and it's a high pick. Obviously with the fact that they have a lot of picks, it makes it a little bit more easier to do, but we always look at the run. I'm not saying I am not disagreeing with the pick. I like the pick. Right. But to the outside world, you see running back, you see high second round pick, you see a team with a lot of holes, you went running back. That's that's where I'm getting at here with the, the fact that it was well, interesting. Aaron, what were your thoughts on it? Because you are Mr. Running back lo- dying. I love green. the pick. This is this is the only running back that's worth to me even close to this high of a pick. I actually don't have a running back. I believe going until late in the second round after that, maybe, maybe one other guy. And it might be more of a, Hey, this fits. We have a, 
a luxury. Uh, I think Houston needs weapons. You got to be able to sell something. And I get they need so many different pieces. But if you're Houston, you have to be able to sell something. If they can hit uh, an edge rusher, an offensive lineman, whatever, at the very top end of this draft, and then go out and get a weapon like Brees Hall, who is electric. He's hands down the clear-cut number one running back in this draft class. And to AJ's point about catching balls out of the backfield, he just didn't get a whole lot of opportunity. He can do it. He just didn't get as much work as, you know, some of the other guys we've seen. Um, pass protection can be an issue, but for most young running backs, that's always the case, right? Um, again, I'm sorry. I'm not blown away by Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Dario Gumbawale, uh, you know, Jordan Phillips, hey, whatever. If you, <laughs> like, if you these guys are Scotty not going to be on the Phillips roster. Like yeah, Scotty Phillips, Royce Scotty Freeman. Phillips again. Like, yeah. do not like these guys Scotty are not – Starting running backs in the NFL, yeah. Brees Hall will come in right away and take that job. Marlon Back can be a nice spell guy. Put Daria Gumbawale or whoever, you know, Rex Burkhead as a third down back to start. This is a guy that's going to be a difference maker for a team that needs some electric playmaking alongside Brandon Cook. So I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with the round he's being taken in because I do think somebody here is either going to come yeah. up and get him or draft him, even if they don't necessarily need a running back. He's the type of guy you can have for four years, run him into the ground, and then let him go. I know. I mean, that's the running back position. So it is. It's just so hurtful. It's just so hurtful. (laughs) I want to, I want to bring this question up here and AJ, it's directed to you, but the reason why I'm bringing it up and the reason why I want to go really quick on it is because (laughs) I remember during the college football season, Aaron, you were high on Kenneth Walker, and I don't remember your exact words, but you said he was the, arguably the best running back in college football and could go be the number one back in this draft. Where are you at with him? And and obviously you said Brees Hall is, is your first running back off the board, so go ahead. He's it. my second guy. He's just not as electric. He's he's probably, again, pure running back. Like if you're just say, hey, here, be a pure running back, Kenneth Walker is going to be really, really good, and I, I I'm not going away from that. There's something special about Brees Hall. He's electric. And I I don't want to use the same comparison, but when Ezekiel Elliott came out and you watch Zeke run first, he was never really electric. He was just, he's the guy you give the ball to and he finds a way to grind it out. That's Kenneth Walker style to me. Um, When Saquon Barkley came out, they were like, this guy is different. That's what I would equate that comparison to. I'm not comparing those two guys to those two players, but that's the difference in the players is the electricity that Brees Hall has. Kenneth Walker doesn't quite have, uh, but I do think Kenneth Walker is a really good running back. And I do have him, I believe going in the second round. I, I want to say I have him going in the second round in my mock draft, uh, but it's later. Fair enough. So I had, uh, I had Kenneth Walker fall into the Falcons at 43. That, <laughs> that, that, might, was, that actually might be where I have him. That's why I started laughing when he asked it to me because I was like, not Kevin Walker because I what was a, thinking he'd go to my Falcons. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see. What I have my monster. mock up, and I, I was Patterson. trying to see if I had that. Mike Davis. Well, so, so I have no. So I have. I do have him going to Atlanta. Nice, yeah. nice. But and, it's the and, it's the later pick in the second round. Mm. I have Kenneth Walker going to Atlanta. You don't think? Uh, uh, me, and again, we can be super. You don't think there would be. Well, no, because there's not enough running backs to go. Oh, no, running backs are going. I should grab another, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like anybody's going to be in a real jump to get one. Um, yeah. For most teams, have theirs pretty set. So um, I think they'll continue so to fall. Yeah. Let me go into the high, the next pick, uh, the pick before uh, for the Houston Texans. They they have that 13th pick in this draft. I see that I, I want to go here because I, I know I have this player in my mock higher. But the more I think about his injury, the more I think he's going to fall. And if I'm the Houston Texans, I'm going all out 
to give Davis Mills mm. another target, another weapon, and go Jamison Williams, wide receiver from Alabama. I finally get to talk to talk about him as a guy someone should go go after. What more can can we already say about Jamison Williams and the speed and the playmaking and the craziness that he brings to a team? I'm I'm going next to that. I'm going I'm going to add on to this, okay? And what he could bring to a Houston Texans team that you said he wanted to go in and build around Davis Mills. Obviously, it could be a, a one-year build around Davis Mills and give him a shot and then move on. Or it's a Davis Mills is that dude. But guess what? If Davis Mills isn't that guy, you just got Bryce Young's favorite weapon from Alabama in Jamison Williams, and you can move on and and hopefully draft a Bryce Young next year. But let's talk about the now and what Jamison Williams does to this team. He will take the top off of the defense. He makes safeties have to drop down and really worry about that playmaking ability that he has, which opens up space for Brandon Cooks, which opens up space for a, a Brees Hall when he comes to Houston. We're building a perfect team here in Houston right now. Brees Hall, <laughs> James Williams, Texas fans, you should love us right now, okay? We've just built a, a star-studded offense, honestly – the second best offense in, in the AFC South. If you build it like that behind <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, this is, can, really... <laughs> can, can, can Jamison Williams, please get on the phone and, and call your agent and fire him and let Vinny be the new Jamison hey, Williams man. agent. This guy loves some Jamison Williams and I'm not oh, knocking dude. it, but I'm, I'm not knocking it, but you're talking about stretching the field and doing all like, I mean, you just sold me and I'm, hey, I wouldn't man. even pick him here. And I didn't even bring up the fact that he's a great special teamer. And I didn't want to go down that route because you really don't want him to be a gunner on a special team because he's yeah, not in that spot. He, he, was, yeah. he was solid at that in, in college too. Yeah. So either way, Jamison Williams is going to be that all-around guy that you can play everywhere and let I your think, offense develop. I think Brandon Cooks is a guy that can already stretch the field, by the way. Uh, just, you know, he Brandon is the Cooks number one receiver there. Yes, I do think Houston can add a wide receiver. I don't like Houston adding a wide receiver in the first round though. I think this is where with as much defensive talent that's out there in the first round, I think they have to bolster that Lovey Smith. That's where he makes his imprint, right? You go say, we're going to go defense early in the draft. We're going to build that up. And then we're going to go ahead and uh, take our playmakers later rounds, maybe find some guys, some gadget guys that you talked about um, that you might be able to just get their ball, the ball in their hands in space and let them make plays. Um, I do like Jamison Williams. And I do like the in the in the middle of that first round, those teens. I do think that's where he's gonna go. You'll have to wait to see where I have him going. But I am just gonna flow right into my pick. I know we're running short on time. Uh for me, this was easy. And um, the more I've been looking at the top part of the draft, everybody talked about Kyle Hamilton going as a safety to to Houston. Nah, man. It's if Davis Mills wants to be the guy, if you want Davis Mills to be the guy. Then you protect them on both ends. Blind side, you have Laramie Tunsil, and now you go get the best offensive lineman in the draft, and that's e Same B-roll we've used before. This dude is a straight beast. We've talked about it a number of times. His animal-like instincts and the way he puts people down is like nobody else in this draft. He is going to be a cornerstone. You put him on the right side. You, you leave Laramie Tunsil, the, the veteran, on the left side. Now you have your book in tackles, and you say... Davis Mills, we gave you the protection. We have Brandon Cooks. We just paid him a number one receiver. We're going to go out and get you a Brees Hall. We're going to go get you another wide receiver late in the draft and let Lovey Smith build that defense into his kind of personality. And then I think you can start to build something there. And if it doesn't work out with Davis Mills, then what do you do when you go to get your franchise quarterback next year? You say, we already have the two tackles for him. We don't have to worry about that. We can go surround him with some talent. Uh, I like the number three pick being Ikemaquanu. 
Um, if they go Evan Neal, I'm not, you know what I mean? Same kind of similar talk, right? One of the better offensive linemen in the draft. But you go out and you protect the guy that you're saying is the guy that you're rolling with this year. Even though you just talked about Lovey Smith's defense, you still Yeah, because I can't pick. I didn't want to tell you who I wanted to take at 13. But at, at 13, I have, the, I have the, the plugger in the middle. I have Jordan Davis. Oh, okay. Jordan I Davis to Houston, the plugger you. in the middle. Yeah. That's, that's I, I see. I see why, but I, 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 I see it on that that picture of okay, Davis. If you're saying Davis is Mil- Davis Mills is going to be the guy, you give him every opportunity to be the guy, and you get your. And I, I love the pick of Icky going there at three, and then you continue, and and even AJ's pick with running back, you are continuing to try and give Davis Mills every opportunity to be successful in this league. True story. Yeah. I like that pick a lot. I've seen a couple different flip flops, uh, whether it be offense and three, and then defense at thirteen, or the or vice versa. But uh, the Texans, it's it's better to go from last year picking first in the fourth round, and now finally getting some picks and being able to do some things for your team. So for yeah. sure, they're a good start. The lot the last time the Houston Texans owned the third overall pick, they drafted a guy by the name of Andre Johnson. So uh, yeah, that's that's some good good times for the Houston Texans. Let's finish it off here. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, it's sure. important. You want to just uh, let the wonderful people on Belly of Sports TV know that they should come to nope. Yahoo? No, Yahoo, I do not. YouTube? No, I do not. Okay. No, I do not. All right. No. So we're going to get this done in four minutes? No, 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 no. I just know that there's three minutes left on the clock, and I know that I can try and at least – you know what? Sure. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Do it. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I just figured that we should tell them, hey, if you come to YouTube, you won't miss out on what we have to say for the team with the number one overall pick and what we think they should do there. So maybe you come to YouTube, check us on out, hit that subscribe button, tell everybody about it. But we appreciate you on Belly Up Sports TV. We love the support. We love you getting the views up. And you know that we will be back on Thursday at 8 p.m. live covering another great division pre-draft. If you haven't sent your video in, for the draft coverage, go ahead and do that. If you haven't told everybody about our draft coverage special, go ahead and do that. Bailey Sports TV, we love you. Head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, where we're about to talk about the number one overall pick team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, right damn now. This fool said Yahoo. I did. I did say <laughs> Yahoo. I did. I've been working, man. I got, you know, I got a lot of websites I do it throughout the day, you know, it's just, you know. I said Tic Tac earlier, Yahoo for you. I don't do social media, apparently. <laughs> still got two minutes. Still got two minutes. What? No, that's what he was trying to tell you. I still get got that, two minutes. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be rushing two, two Hold on. three what? and be done. Oh, we're going to talk about Sac City Pod now? Okay, so this time I won't say Tic Tac. Oh, one-minute videos? Okay, so we'll talk about the one-minute video. Tic Tac and then Sac City Pod with the Facebook and the YouTube and the and the Twit, 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 and the Tickety Tack and, and Insta, Instagrammer, Instagrammer. Hit it, Sac City Pod, like them, love them, one-minute video. Tell us your team. Tell us your pick. Tell us why. We'll put you on the show. Because we will be covering a draft. I feel like I said all oh, this is perfect. I love you, Vinny. You're great. <laughs> we'll put you on. We are covering the draft. April. <laughs> still one minute. You still you got one done? minute. We could just go now. That's good. They got commercials. Okay. <laughs> Got it. it. (laughs) it. They see how long the show is. They cover from there. That's what I was telling you. I didn't want to be at 101 because then it doesn't play. We good? We good to go talk about the Jags now, AJ? I think so. I want to be. Great. Are we? 
Great, great. The Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> they have the first overall pick. They need an edge, a tackle, a safety. They've got the first pick. They got the 33rd pick. They're looking good in terms of picks. Now, it's funny, AJ, you mentioned the fact that they have the first pick, and none of us are even talking about <laughs> the first pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars because it's 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 pretty straightforward. And we've talked about it before. If you missed our conversation about Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker at number one, you can still head on over to our YouTube page and find that clip of whether or not Aiden Hutchinson is the guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We went off the board here, though. We went to the second round and the third round for our guys that the Jaguars need to go after. Uh, who has the first one here? Let's see here. Let's see. Aaron, you have the Jags pick in the second round. That's who you have. Who do they I need do. to go after? Um, so this has kind of been a debate of mine. Do they go safety? Do they go linebacker? Are they looking for more playmakers? Um, but I've seen this guy climb up more and more draft boards um, lately, and he wasn't really talked about. Like, we talked about uh, Petrie. We talked about Lewis Seen. My guy, let me get to the, the B-roll because you guys threw me all off. My guy is Jaquan Brisker. You talk about Penn State guys and playmakers. This is exactly what this guy is. He's an absolute playmaker. He is right now, to me, he's the second best safety in this draft. He has length. He's he's one of the freakiest athletes ever. Um, great size, high speed combination for the position. I, I think he can play free or strong safety, which gives you versatility, right? A lot of the guys that come into the league, you're kind of pigeonholed into, hey, you're a strong safety. You're going to be my deep third guy. This is a guy that you can put close to the line of scrimmage. You can play him deep in coverage. He's a ball hawk. He can find ways to make an impact on the defensive side of the football. And I think per this is a perfect spot for Jacksonville. We talk about getting uh, the additions on offense that they did in the offseason, an O.J. Howard, uh, a Christian Kirk, a Zay Jones. And I know that they're not glamorous names, but we also got to remember they're bringing back a Travis Etienne. They added um, offensive line help. They tagged Cam Robinson. They bring over the, the starting guard for the Washington, Red or Washington football team slash commanders, whatever their team is now. And now you have an offense that's surrounded by Trevor Lawrence. So you go out and you get some defensive help, which they did a little bit in free agency. I think you get somebody on the back in here. And I think that's a, a perfect, a perfect fit for them would be Jaquan Brisker. You know, it would be a perfect fit, right, fit right. for them. Evan Ingram at tight end and not OJ Howard. What? It wasn't even <laughs> necessary. Oh. I did say Yahoo. So he called that, me out. So then again. You know what I meant? I, I, I did. I did. Obviously. I Hey, YouTube critics are going to get hot, man. Get hot. I don't heavy. care about the YouTube <laughs> critics. Let's let's go. Let's go. You think I give a shit about the YouTube critics? Oh, go watch my TikTok I, video if you're, you know if you're a Bengals fan. I, I will say this, though. I will say this. I really like I like your pick a lot. And in my head before the show started, I was like, I really want the Jaguars to address all like to just keep building on this offense with their first pick or obviously they're not addressing the offense with their first pick. So I would have liked them to address something on the offensive side with their second round pick. But you sold me on the fact that I, I, I like this pick a lot. I, I like this pick a lot. Uh, I will roll into mine here and continue going on the defensive side. So imagine if the Jaguars go edge rusher safety and then they go linebacker to replace a Miles Jack. And they go with Brian Asamoa from Oklahoma. This guy right here with the third with their third round pick, I think would be a perfect fit for this Jacksonville Jaguars team to replace Miles Jack. He's all speed. He goes sideline to sideline. He'd only allowed one touchdown in coverage over the last two years. And Aaron, I know you love player comps here. I know you love the player comps. 
And the guy I saw a lot of comparisons for Brian Osamoa was Levante David, smaller linebacker who can make big time plays. He's got he's got similar size, same speed. They both ran the same speed in their 40s. This guy is a three down linebacker that I think would be perfect for the Jags. And I would love to see him as their selection in the third round. I like him. Um, I, I, we, we talked a little bit about him off air. Um, the fact is he's undersized, right? But a lot of the linebackers in this year's draft are undersized. We're talking about N'Kobe Dean being a, a first round pick. Potentially he's kind of undersized, uh, miles Jack to give a little insight. Miles Jack was that middle guy coming in, but was super athletic, super crazy athletic, but he struggled being that middle backer kind of taking on blocks. They move him to the wheel side, which is the weak side linebacker. And it allowed him more freedom, more space to work with. He wasn't seeing as many tight end blockers. He wasn't seeing a lot of many, um, many train track offensive linemen that are getting onto the second level. So he was more free and it allowed him to play at a higher level. I think this is what you're getting here with a guy like uh, Asuma. I think it's just a matter of can his, can his size keep him from being, you know, guys getting up in him, right? Blocks. Cause then I think he's just outmatched, but if he can go sideline to sideline, play in space, help in the secondary on covering some of those tight ends and some of those running backs out of the backfield, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I really like him as, as a third rounder. I, I maybe, Maybe you run into an issue where somebody reaches for him because of his athletic ability. But I think if you're, if you're Jacksonville, you stay put and hope he just falls to you there. I will note, I will note one other, one other guy that I would love to be with the Jaguars, by the way, Justin Ross, the wide receiver out of Clemson, reunite him with Trevor Lawrence. I know that I knew that would, I knew that would get you going here. I knew that would get you going. I saw a tweet the other day. It was like the Jaguars should do this because you look at Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. You look at all the connections that these wide receivers and their quarterbacks have reunite Justin uh, Trevor Lawrence with Justin Ross. And, and uh, it's arguable. It's arguable that Joe Burrow's connection with T Higgins is good, is good. If not better than Jamar Chase's. And yet we still talk about one quarterback wide receiver card. That has a good connection. It's crazy. Uh, what? Uh, Jalen Hurts and J- Devontae Smith were fantastic. I'm just See? saying. There you go. There Tua Jalen Waddle was on point. <laughs> hey, keep it just rolling. Say. Hey, New England but Patriots, Justin. find a way to move up for ju- get, get you know what, on your team. We ain't talked about him yet. I don't know if we will, but Justin Ross falling late. If he comes back and eventually gets healthy, he is going to be a pretty good receiver. It's just he's going to fall under the radar because he's had so many injury issues. And, you know, his production from that never really got capped. I mean, everything he did was as a freshman. You know, we never really got to see what he was made of after that because the injuries and the decline of production. But I do believe if he comes in the league healthy or gets healthy, eventually he's going to be a receiver that can make some noise. I'm not mad at the name, but your reasoning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also went round three. Um, and my mindset on this is that we believe that the Jaguars are going to get their edge rusher in the first round, right? So I decided that they should go for a tackle. If they can target this guy ahead of time and look to grab this tackle second, I chose third round at pick 65. And the guy I'm going with, be careful, he might block out your screen. He's just that big of a man. Daniel Falele from Minnesota. A mammoth of a man, 6'9", 380. This guy's got enormous hands. 35-inch arms, and he moves like he's 290. It's nuts. He's got great footwork. His base is solid, so he can, he keeps his good balance. And then you're just not going to be able to do anything with him. He's too big. He's not moving backwards. He's probably moving you backwards. And then I'm going to see if we get it on this. He has a go-to move that I, I call it his finisher. Basically, he gets his hands on you, and he just flops on you, just 
pancakes you and just sits there. You're not moving. This guy has only started playing football five years ago, much like a guy we thought is going to be really good on the other side of the ball, David Ajabo, has also gotten better every single year. If you can get this guy, add him to the Jags as some depth, knowing that if he has to come in in a this year situation, his size would be the first thing that helps him have that confidence. His movement will be second. And then the development and things that you hope he has learned up to that point will help him be solid on the line. But not knowing what's going on with Cam Robinson next year, not knowing how excited you are with Walker Little, uh, I think bringing uh, Daniel Falele in and having him be a next year guy or maybe even the year after having that depth is a really good and solid move. I think he's raw. Yeah. Obviously, you mentioned not playing football. Uh, the size is just ridiculous. I mean, a guy that big is just, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be near him. But um, I, I worry about in today's NFL if he can play tackle. Too many quick speed edge rushers that are going to be able to get around a guy that moves that slow. Um, he's not really very nimble as far as dealing with edge rushing. That has We're talking about guys. Who are we here? We're talking about guys that are have to go against teams in the AFC, Khalil Max, the Chandler Jones. Like those guys, I think, would eat him alive at tackle. His big frame to me says, if I'm a coach, I want to see if he can play guard. I want to see if I, he can play somewhere in the middle of that offensive line where he doesn't have to have that lateral quickness to defend those edge rushers. He only goes up against those bowling balls in the middle. Um, but he's raw. Who knows what what anybody could could learn from it or he could learn from. Um, untapped potential. Uh, but I, I'm not, I think it's a little high for him, but he's been going up draft boards. I have seen it because of his size and the, the aggression in which he plays. Um, people you're not going to bull rush his movement though. Exactly. You're not going to bull rush him. And people have been okay. raving about his movement because his side to side is quick. He's got really nice hips too. His hips turn the way they need you to, to catch up some of that speed that he lacks from being so big. That was one of the things that has a moving up is the fact that he hasn't seemed to have let his size slow him down so to speak yeah now, granted, we, we are talking nfl i understand yeah i was gonna say the, the <laughs> pass rushers that he's going against in the big 10 and i'm not saying they're not good but you had the aiden hutchinson's you had the david ajabos and then what are we looking at like i i mean show me where he's going against these elite pass rushers which the nfl is full of now just speed rushers off the edge um I want to see that more. I don't know that he can hold up against those guys. Again, I'm not saying he can't play, but I think he's very, very raw. And in the yeah. third round, for a team that, I mean, maybe you can, right? Because you could develop him for a year and try to, you know, fill that Cam Robinson void if you let him go. Um, I just, again, I, those are just my, I guess, my devil's advocate weaknesses that I see from him. I don't hate the pick. I think addressing yeah. the offensive line is always good. I do have some guys ahead of him there, though. Yeah. At least sixty-four. <laughs> no, I meant, I meant, I meant at the position and that area of draft. <laughs> I yeah, I, th- I, I think, you. I think, in in my opinion, I think the Jaguars have a few, a few of those guys already on their team of the raw work in progress. And but like you said, there you never have too many offensive linemen. And, and but I just, I would I'm take Darian Kennard the, over him there. I would also. I think he'd take, be gone though. I think he'll be gone. Like this is, I I believe he'll be left. First pick in the third round. <laughs> I think Darren Kennard will be gone. If you go guard, you may get a Dylan a Dylan Parham, but even that, I mean, yeah, I, Darren Kennard to me is mid second round. Whew. I, I don't have him going that high. I don't I don't believe his I'd grade. Have to check well, so so his grade may be lower, right? 
But I feel some of these teams in thinking about, like we're noticing, these edge rushers and what they are capable of, and even all the linebackers coming out this year, smaller frame, a lot faster, blitzing from different areas of the field. I think that these teams are going to value that offensive line this year. Even watching a guy like Joe Burrow get sacked nine times each game throughout the playoffs, basically, and make it to the Super Bowl, imagine what could have happened if he only got sacked twice all throughout yeah, the playoffs. I, I mean, I, I probably have Darren Kennard going in the second round as well. So I mean maybe by the, maybe by the what is that top of third round? It's the first pick in the third round. Yeah, this is the first pick that, in the that, third round. That might that that might be an appropriate spot. Yeah, and and this is the and team that would have to wait if they wanted to try something like that again. So yeah. having him getting him up there because it's your pick, you know, it kind of makes that, sense. That's but probably I think, I that's think probably an inappropriate spot. All right. That does it for our AFC South coverage here. Jaguars, Titans, Colts, and Texans all down. We move on to the – we're going to do the NFC South on Wednesday live right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter live at 8 p.m. Eastern time covering the NFC South. Uh, uh, We've already covered the the socials. We've already (laughs) done all that, so we don't need to go back through that again. Uh, Don't forget, though. This is a a don't forget here, ladies and gentlemen. One last time. We want your videos. We want you guys to be a part of our special draft show live at uh, – starts at 8 p.m. It might actually start at 730 um, for our Thursday show, April 28th. It is going to be a great time, and we want you guys to be a part of it. So submit your videos, your one-minute videos, telling us who your team should pick and why. Send it on over. It'll be a part of our show. On that note, for Aaron, the Mukes, I am Mukes. And for your boy, AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you Wednesday. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.